Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for August 31st is Ezekiel chapters 16 and 17. Imagine being married to an unfaithful spouse. Many of you, perhaps, can identify with that too readily, unfortunately. God allows us to go through some things in this life, I think, to give us perspective on what He feels and what He goes through with us. I think that's a big part of the reason that He gives us children, so that we will see what it feels like from a parent's perspective to love unconditionally, even when the object of our adoration is, let's say, unworthy. You have a child. You nurse him or her. You provide for him or her. You take such good care of this child, and when they grow, they push you away. They don't want your help. They want to move and do their own thing and they don't care how it makes you feel or they do care but they still want what they want even more and we're left as parents with this choice do we give them the freedom they long for or do we manipulate them and keep them so that they won't leave us Of course, the right thing is to equip them and set them free. In chapter 16, we have this parable, this analogy of God rescuing this infant baby who's not even his. This baby who was born and then not even cleaned, but in its filth and biological matter left in a field to die. And God happens along and hears the cries and sees the baby and nurses her to health, clothes her, adorns her, feeds her, provides for her in every way, in every single way, gives her everything she needs not just to survive, but to thrive. He blesses her with jewelry, no doubt skin treatments, and everything that she needs. And when she grows into a young woman, she is absolutely beautiful. And so God marries her and says, I will provide for you always. I will be your one and only and you will be my one and only. And she repays him by going off after false idols. And not even discreetly, but openly. Open rebellion, promiscuity, seeking attention and adoration like a prostitute, but not even for financial gain. No. This prostitute actually pays her suitors 
says, I will give you all of me. And then, as if that weren't enough, I will also give you the money that has been given to me by my husband. What prostitute pays to give herself away? She doesn't sell herself. She does the opposite. But that's a picture of what God's people have done. Many of you would say, oh, well, I don't even believe in God. I, I'm super smart. I depend upon my intelligence. I'm really good looking. I depend upon my great looks, how bold I am. I'm not the smartest guy, but I'm not afraid I will go out there and I will make it happen. I will keep trying until I fail. God says, who gave you your boldness? If it's your good looks and your charm, who gave you those? Maybe it's because of your upbringing. Well, who gave you your parents? And as Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, as he was sitting in a church listening to a sermon that wasn't very good, his mind began to wander and he realized as he pondered questions like these, everything he had, even down to his faith in God, was a result of what God had already done for him. Could have been built in it. He could have been born in another time. He could have been born to parents who did not love God. Friends, everything we have, is it because your heart is compassionate? Well, then who made your heart compassionate? This woman did not remember where she came from. And so she forsook the one who rescued her, then protected her and fed her and clothed her and adorned her. The very one who, to whom she owed her life and all that she had. Towards the end of the chapter. Therefore, hear the word of Yahweh. This is what Yahweh says. Because your lust was poured out and your nakedness exposed. Because of all your detestable idols and the blood of your children that you gave. I am going to gather all those you loved. I will gather them together against you. God says, if you really don't want me, I won't force you. This is not robot Christianity where God does whatever he wishes. No, he gives us all a choice. And my friends, it's the most merciful thing he can do. If you don't want God in this life, you won't want him for all of eternity in the next. And so it's really his kindness. It's his humility to allow you, to allow me, 
to choose. That's why it's so fundamentally important that we choose wisely and that we ask him for grace. One of the other qualities of this wicked woman was arrogance, her pride. It says in verse 56, didn't you treat your sister Sodom as an object of scorn when you were proud? These people, characterized by this woman, talked about God judging Sodom and Gomorrah, but they were even far worse. Before their own wickedness was exposed, and even despite all of this, at the very end of the chapter, the last paragraph, we see the redemptive purposes of God's incredible grace and his kindness. He says, but I will remember the covenant I made with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish a permanent covenant with you. Then you will remember your ways and you'll be ashamed when you receive your older and younger sisters. I will give them to you as daughters, but not because of your covenant. I will establish my covenant with you. And the good news is they don't have to stay ashamed. We don't have to stay ashamed of our sin because we know the rest of the story that God forgives us. He does not leave us as he found us, but he erases it and he separates our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. I will establish my covenant with you, says Yahweh, and you will know that I am Yahweh. I am the God who I will be. I am what I will be, God says in his name so that when I make atonement for all you have done you will remember he makes the atonement there is nothing we could do it's impossible and he knew that so he did it for us he makes the atonement he ushers in the sacrificial lamb to pay for our sin. Why? Because it's the good pleasure of his will to do so. Why? Because he loves us. He loves you from the foundations of the world. He wrote your name in a book and said, this is my anointed child. This is my special one. I have destined this one for greatness, for fellowship with me, he says. In his kindness, because of his love, according to the riches of his glory and grace. And so we are left with accepting it by faith or turning it away. And of course, he's urging us, accept it. Trust me, I really am that good, says God. 
I know it's hard for you to believe, but believe it. Let these words ruminate in your heart and in your mind. Do not forget it and do not doubt. I love you this much, God says. Chapter 17 is a different parable, but it's the same. It's about eagles planting trees, watering them, and then the tree, the vine, growing. And instead of going to the one who planted it, going to another, who will not love it, who will not provide for it, who will not bless it, but who will actually take it. The idols that we serve will always lead to our own destruction. And he's telling us this again and again in a thousand different ways, saying, turn to me, turn to me. I will bless you, God says. And he will bless you, my friends. He will bless us all as we seek him, as we devote ourselves to him. He says, knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. If only we would have the faith to knock, to seek, and then to find. Thank you for being on this journey, my friends. We'll see you tomorrow.